0: This morning. Amen. He is great Thank you, God. and greatly to be praised.
1: Thank you. Amen. 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 You know what? You can go ahead and be seated, but I want to talk to you about this for a minute here. How great is our God? How great is our God? Have you ever noticed how easy it is to sing a lyric sometimes and it not quite register but have you ever noticed that sometimes in the middle of singing that lyric all of a sudden a light bulb just clicks on earlier we were singing to ourselves come on my soul don't you get shy on me lift up your song cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs and sometimes we just have to out of obedience say I'm gonna lift up a song maybe you came in here today feeling heavy maybe you came in here like me feeling a little bit under the weather maybe it's been a week maybe you're carrying heavy burdens and you you told yourself you know what today I just need to sit back and soak it in and I'm not here to tell you this morning that there's never a time for you to sit back but I want to remind you the power that comes from offering God whatever it is that we have and by stepping outside of our comfort zone and stepping out in faith and offering Him our best man, He shows up every single time I don't know about you but in my life and in my experience God is faithful and when I lift up His name He shows up in the room and when I begin to pray he lifts my burdens off of my shoulders and when I'm worrying and I come and bring those worries before him in prayer he brings me peace that passes all understanding and he's the only one that can provide that today today I believe that we're beginning a a message series that's going to take the lid off of the fountain of life that god has placed within us as a church that there's going to be a truth that you're going to receive today that is going to push away the dark cloud that's hovering over you and the beam of God's light is going to shine down upon you again today and so I just want to challenge you this morning to lean in to what God has to say to prepare your heart to receive from him today because he's got a word that's going to flip your life upside down He's got a word that's going to lift the heavy cloud up above you. He's got a word that's going to rattle the chains right off of you because he wants you to live the abundant life he's called you to live. If you believe that, can you just give God a shout of praise, a hand clap. And go ahead and touch your neighbor and say, God's got a word for you today, so listen up. You don't want to miss it. Don't want to miss it. All right. So I just want to encourage you again, if you're joining us here for the first time, uh, we're so excited you're here. We don't want to miss a moment to connect with you. So if you haven't filled out that connect card yet, please do that. Um, we will twist your arm a little bit, but don't worry. We're not going to spam you or harass you or anything like that. We just want to have a chance to connect with you. And, and um, our hope is that the reason why you're here is you might be looking for a church. Or maybe the reason why you're here is you're looking, you don't know what you're looking for, but you need something. And we believe that Jesus is the answer. And we just want to capture that information. Also, if you do not have one of these, this is our Go Deep guide. And so we use this as a way that you can take notes on the front. And then this is also something you take home so that you can go deeper by um, asking yourself the questions, spending time in prayer, make it a part of your daily devotional time. And we use it for our discussions in our life groups. So if you're in the room and you don't have one of these, would you go ahead and raise your hand so that we can send someone, some ushers around to give you a copy? Who doesn't have one? Okay, we've got a few scattered around thank you so much ushers so go ahead and keep your hand up until they come and see you but today we're starting a new series called life squared somebody say life squared okay now I want you to look on the the front page of this and see the little logo we have there life squared what does that look like does anybody know what that looks like to you the periodic table right and so uh what we found is that lithium which is represented by li and iron which is represented by fe what does it spell out spells out the word life and then you see in the corner you have that little two that's called what anybody know what that's called usually in math an exponent the genius eighth grader over there called it out he's really good at math Those sharp boys they're sharp (laughs) never heard that before exponent and and the reason why I chose this title and chose this graphic is because just like um, there are different elements that make up chemistry there are different elements that make up the abundant life that God has for us there's there's elements that make up a mentality that enables us to live the abundant life that he has for us and what the exponent represents is that God has a life for us that is exponential, um, that is, has the ability to multiply and to um, be a blessing that blesses us and blesses others. And that's what I want to talk to you about because I believe that one of the things that God revealed about our church right now is that for many of us, there is a, a dark cloud. There's a, there's a heaviness surrounded uh, by the uh, the fear that we will not be able to provide that we will not be able to make enough and I believe that God is going to want it wants us to step into freedom and step into a season of generosity that removes the fears and enables us to live the abundant life that he's called us to live does that make sense Anybody interested in, in what the word has to say about this? So here's what here's what Jesus said about himself. He said, The thief, talking about Satan, comes only to still kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Let's talk about that word abundantly. This word abundantly in the Greek means excessive, more than expected. Now in today's culture, if you hear the word excessive or abundance, um, you're going to think of something different than what Jesus meant, right? A lot of times when we talk about living in excess, we're we're talking about indulging, right? And and that's, how many know that sometimes indulging is very unhealthy, right? Um, If you indulge in too many sweets, bad for your body, right? If you indulge in alcohol, bad for your body bad for your decision making destructive choices come out of it indulgence is not healthy and so that's not what he's talking about so our idea of abundance is i want you to look at it this way it's addition now the mathematical uh, process of addition is quite simple right you have something and you add something to it and together they become more they increase right But in this context, when you hear the word addition, I want you to think of it as the way that we uh, see sometimes God's blessing, that they're for us. I'm adding unto myself. There's something that I don't have. I want it, and so I'm adding it unto myself. But God's idea of of abundance here is greater than addition. His idea is multiplication. Now, 4 plus 4 is 8, right? Right? But four times four is what? 16, right? Same two numbers, except for one was multiplied and the other was just a part of addition. So let's go back to the creation. Let's go back to when God first formed Adam and Eve and breathed life into their nostrils. It says here in Genesis 1, 28, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and, what's that word, church? Multiply. He says, fill the earth and govern it rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. That word multiply means to become much, many, or great. And so when we read this, I think it's easy for us and our mindset and our culture to read that. And the applicational takeaway for us is this. I'm supposed to work hard and grow my family but when God told Adam and Eve to be uh, be fruitful and multiply what he was saying is thrive become great live in abundance and take what I have given you and fill the entire earth with it see addition is a vision for self but multiplication is a vision for the entire world so what if we stepped outside of an addition mentality And we begin to live our lives out of a mentality of multiplication. What kind of influence? How dynamic would God's church become? See, addition is the process of simply adding one thing to another. What do I get out of this immediately? What's in it for me? Adding to what we already have. And I want to submit to you today that when sin came into the world, when Adam and Eve fell into sin in the garden it was because of an addition mentality Eve sees a fruit that looks delicious it looks beautiful it looks good to eat now she already has everything else in the entire garden and God says but just don't touch this one tree but she wanted what she couldn't have have you you ever experienced that in life where you're told you can't have something and it just makes you want it that much more. Sometimes it wasn't even something you were interested in, but but somebody says, don't touch that. That's not for you. And you're like, oh man, I really want that. And this was her mentality. I don't have that fruit. Yes, I have all I could ever need and more, but what I want is that one thing I'm told I can't have. And as a result, instead of the multiplying life, that God had purposed her with instead what was multiplied in her life was sin death selfishness look around people because the world we live in today is the consequence of an addition mindset what can I get out of this and the purpose of Jesus coming and dying is of course to bring a salvation but did you know it's so much more than that his purpose was to restore this original blessing and this original plan for humanity to return us to abundance. Now check this out. One of the things that Jesus taught when he was uh, teaching about finances and needs and things like that, he says in Matthew six thirty three: seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be what? Added to you so here's what I'm hearing in this scripture Jesus was basically saying you focus on the multiplication because that's what I've called you to do and I'll take care of your addition that if you will have a multiplication mindset I will provide for all your needs so you don't even have to worry about it but then I'm going to give you more so you can continue to multiply because that's what he's called us to do why would God tell us to multiply if we weren't going to have the means if he wasn't going to provide the means to do so and so what that tells me is that our church regardless of the state of the economy uh, regardless of the state of our culture should always be thriving and you can quantify that in different ways regardless of the season because that's simply what we've been called to do Now, this looks different in different cultures, right? We live in a society right now that is very blessed financially. I mean, let's get real. We're not too happy with um, Bidenomics right now, not to get political, right? We're frustrated with the the price of gasoline and things like that. Um, But when you compare us to other countries, we are very, very blessed. And so God's, God's abundance looks differently, I think, at different cultures, but I believe that even in a third world country, God's church will thrive on a level that people take notice of it. And I believe that's his goal for us today. So right now, what I feel like God is showing me is that there's a fear of not having the ability to add, and it's causing us to miss out on the opportunity to multiply so here's what I want us to discuss at our tables for a few minutes what does it look like to have a multiplication mindset versus an addition mindset and what examples of these mindsets have you seen in yourself and others so we're going to dig in and then we're going to open up God's word and see what he has for us today All right, man. See, now I just discovered the real reason why um, I implemented a table talk. It was so I could get my best sermon points from people sitting at my table. <laughs> now, Ramsey said something. This is Ramsey, everybody. Say hi to Ramsey. He's awesome. He said something that just blew my mind. I'm like, how is that not already in my sermon? He said, you can't, you can't increase a number by multiplying it by zero. Think about that for a moment you can't increase the number by multiplying it by zero and that's that's really what the multiplication mentality is all about is that you you can't experience God's blessing and fullness without investing something in it regardless of how small it is amen that's so good that's powerful let's give it up for Ramsey and that deep wisdom so here we're, here's what we're going to do. We're going to open up God's Word. But before we do, I think it's about time uh, we remind ourselves what this is that we hold in our hands. So would you guys stand with me for a moment? Grab your Bibles. And if your Bible's on your phone, you can grab your phone, too. Okay? And we're going to make this declaration over us because sometimes we need to hear ourselves say it out loud so that no inspired word of god falls upon deaf ears amen because this this word right here can change you amen all right so let's go ahead and read this together one two three this is my bible it is god's word when i read it and live it i will become everything it says that i am you can be seated so powerful and so what i want to do today is i want to teach on one of my favorite stories in the new testament John chapter 6 this is where Jesus feeds the multitudes check this out John chapter 6 starting in verse 1 it says after this somebody say after what we'll get to that later (laughs) Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee also known as the Sea of Tiberias A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people he was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do Philip replied even if we worked for months we wouldn't have enough anybody ever feel that way no matter what I do I'm not gonna have enough he says we would not have enough money to feed them then Andrew Simon Peter's brother spoke up there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish but what good is that with this huge crowd ever been there ever looked at your bank account and then looked at your bills and said what good is that maybe you look at your your bank account your balance and then you look at your credit card statement what good is that but Jesus said tell everyone to sit down I just feel in my spirit right now that God's speaking to your situation and he's speaking to your fears and he's speaking to your anxieties and he's saying have a seat sit down because I'm about to do something in your life he says sit down and so they all sat down on the grassy slopes the men alone numbered about 5,000 somebody say that's a big big crowd then Jesus took the loaves gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people afterward he did the same with the fish and they all ate as much as they wanted after everyone was full did you hear that after everyone was full Jesus told his disciples now gather the what church (laughs) the leftovers we're talking about leftovers I feel like that coach. We're talking about playoffs? We need to win a game. You want to talk about playoffs? We didn't even have enough to feed two people. And he's talking about leftovers. He says, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by people, by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves and listen to this when the people saw him do this miraculous sign they exclaimed surely he is the prophet we have been expecting father illuminate your word to us Open up our hearts and minds, because if we get this in us, and if we learn to trust it, it's going to change us. It's going to change the way we think. It's going to change everything. And we'll begin to have faith in you to change our very circumstances. So let us receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go back to verse 1. After this, after what, we said? Jesus, in chapter 5, had just healed a lame man who had been lame for 38 years 38 years how many of you have ever been asking god and believing him for a miracle for over a decade how many for over two decades for over three decades and so some of you know what it means to wait on the Lord and and here's this man that had not been able to walk for 38 years and Jesus heals him and it causes such a stir that it's drawing this massive crowd and it's also drawing a crowd of his haters people that want him dead because they see him as a major threat And so it says in verse 2 that a huge crowd gathered. Why? Because they saw his miraculous signs. Here's something interesting to point out here. That if you read chapter 5, you'll find that there's all types of people in this crowd. This crowd's not just full of believers, but it's full of skeptics. It's full of good people, but it's also full of bad people. Like, there were all kinds of crazy people in this crowd. I'm sure there were alcoholics, there were prostitutes, there were liberals, U of A fans. Just the worst of the worst, right? Just kidding. He brought multiplication with him. Listen to this, church. No matter who was in the crowd, he brought the blessing with him regardless of who was in the crowd because Jesus' mentality was to lead with love and as a result the crowd was multiplied and so the first element that leads to a multiplication mentality today is to lead with love this is number one why because it deals with the motivation of our heart the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one one and only son right And so to, to, to finish the act that Jesus committed on the cross must be motivated by love. What else could drive a man to lay his life down for his friends, as Jesus said, but love. And so it starts with the heart. And so for us to lead with love, we have to have love in our heart. Sometimes though, we, we do the action and then the feelings follow, right? Right? Sometimes we are obedient, and then God changes our heart after we're obedient. But Jesus led with love. And it's funny how, as a pastor, so many times I've encountered people that will wander in uh, from the street or from wherever, and they'll knock on the door, ring the doorbell, and they'll say, Look, I need rental assistance. I need gas money. I need a bus ticket. It's a hundred different reasons and so often they will lead with, you know, pastor, I've been meaning to come back to church or man, if I can just get through this weekend, you know, I'm going to start going to church again. I'll be here at this church every Sunday. Um, Or, or, you know, I've been, I'm going to, I'm going to pray a lot more. I, I just started reading my Bible a lot. Why are they telling me all this? What are they trying to do? They're trying, yeah, they might be trying to manipulate me. But they're trying to qualify themselves for the blessing. And so it just makes you wonder, is there anything about the church that we can own up to, that we can take responsibility for, that has lost people coming into our doors with the idea that they have to somehow make themselves worthy for the blessing? but if Jesus's blessings were not conditional then our blessings should not be conditional and it doesn't mean that we don't use wisdom it doesn't mean that we throw, throw out cash to, to, to any person and, and we don't put any thought whatsoever into what they spend it on but I'm telling you right now that if that's the mentality then perhaps there's some of us that we have forgotten how powerful it is to love And because we don't trust in God's power to transform someone's heart, then we start with judgment. We lead with judgment instead of leading with love. But if the world has to qualify themselves to receive our blessing, how will we ever expect them to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ? How can they understand that salvation is by grace through faith if they've got to present themselves of having it all together before they receive a blessing. And let me just tell you this. Again, you know, I, I've talked with Steve about this because Steve is working with the homeless all the time. And he's like, look, it's not always smart to give the guy in the corner cash because especially with the fentanyl problem that's out there right now, right? You might give them money. They're going to go buy that next hit that kills them, right? Okay, so I'm not saying don't use any wisdom whatsoever, but I want to I look at the flip side of this blessing others without the responsibility of being judge is true joy there is nothing like being able to just be feel free to bless somebody and maybe it's blessing someone in a different way maybe it's giving them your time maybe it's coming to that person on the corner and say can I take you to lunch right now can I sit down and have a conversation with you at jack-in-the-box whatever it may be but here's the deal My fear is that the church has become very good and we're getting better and better even in these days. It's speaking out against sin, which I think is important. I do think the church has made a mistake of being silent on some of the things that have overtaken our society, but not at the expense of leading with love. I think we've got really good at um, defending uh, the truth and things like that, but we've forgotten the power of leading with love. Blessing others without the responsibility of being judged is true joy. And let me ask you this. What if what's holding back revival is that God's church has forgotten how to love? Let me just remind you of the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to skip around a bit because I just want to capture the, the nutshell of what he's saying here. But in verse one, it says, if I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, these are all good things, Right? speaking in the languages of the earth and of angels prophesying but he says and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others I would be what nothing and if I gave everything I have to the poor so I we could even do good works and not have love And even sacrifice my body. I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained what, church? Nothing. See, the gifts of the Spirit are amazing. They're a gift to the church for ministry. But they must follow the leading of love or they will lose their effectiveness. He goes on to say in verse 8, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. But love will last forever forever. Three things, amen. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And then if you go to chapter 14, verse one, he opens that chapter by saying, let love be your highest goal. I think one of the things that holds back revival is love is supposed to be up here as a priority and we've made it an afterthought. Behind our programs, behind our methods, behind whatever, It's not elevated to where it's supposed to be. And so this first element that will unlock multiplication mentality is simple. It's love. It's loving like Christ loves. And let me tell you, nothing will put a lid on your ability to receive from God his blessing like a lack of love. But extravagant love, on the flip side, opens the door to exponential increase so in verse 3 it mentions that Jesus climbed a hill one of those uh, details that you might think is insignificant but I believe it points out something pretty powerful here and element number two is this to see the need see by climbing a hill what Jesus offered to them was perspective was context Jesus took them to a place where they could see the gravity of the need. So from a high place, they look down and they see the entire crowd. But if they were still eye level with the problem, eye level with the circumstances, they'd see a crowd of people, but their vision would be blocked to see the gravity of the need. And so Jesus climbs on top of a hill and he says now look down at the crowd but here was some confusion because Philip from this perspective emphasized the size of the problem but Jesus took them on the hill not to emphasize the size of the problem but to emphasize the size of the opportunity to 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 show just just how amazing what was about to take place was this is still God's approach to the needs around us today church and I ask you this morning what is the problem that God is trying to get you to see as an opportunity for multiplication what is that the thing that you're seeing that's just way too big and what I have is not enough to see it as an incredible opportunity to see God's multiplication in your life because when you learn to see the need you've got the second element of multiplication mentality you've got vision Vision to see the need. You can write those down as like subpoints. Under lead with love, write love. Under see the need, write vision. Okay? Because what happens is you'll stop holding on to what you have and you'll step into generosity. So in verse 5, Jesus asks a rhetorical question. I think a lot of times when we're in like a classroom setting or even a church setting and the speaker asks a question and there's a bunch of silence, it's because they're worried that it's rhetorical or they're worried that it's a trick question, right? And they don't want to say that answer out loud. Jesus is asking a rhetorical question. Why? Because he's setting them up. And so he asks the question, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Even though he never intended for them to go buy bread. He was fully aware that they did not have enough money to go purchase bread, and also fully aware that there's not just a fries marketplace on the corner to go and purchase all this food. So he asked this question, and verse 6 tells us why. It says he was testing Philip because he already knew what he was going to do. I want to tell you this morning, church, that those questions that you don't have the answer to, he already knows what he's going to do he was totally setting him up and if it feels like God has no idea what's going on in your life right now I'm just going to tell you right now prophetically he's setting you up he's setting you up big time to trust him for something great isn't it great how you can in in hindsight look back and see how God used every situation to bring a greater blessing down the road but we don't always have that benefit in the moment do we And so Philip replies, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough. Saying, Jesus, what you're asking is impossible. And let me tell you this, church, that was exactly the answer that Jesus was looking for. Because we often don't start asking or believing God for a miracle until we recognize that it's out of our control. We acknowledge it's way too big for us. We acknowledge that what we have in our own strength is not enough. And so I feel like Jesus is just like, hey, now that it's clear that there's nothing you can do, how about you start trusting me to do what only I can do? See, that's not typically how we respond though. Usually when we realize we've reached a point where there's nothing we can do, we panic, like we talked about in the previous series, right? Or we decide not to take action, or we decide to run from our problems, we decide to, in financial circles, we go, we go into deeper debt because we feel like this isn't good for the long term, but this is good for right now. Many times we encounter needs that we don't have enough resources to meet, and so we do nothing. But, so here's what happens. This is very interesting. Andrew comes up, and he says, there's a young boy here with five loaves and two fish, but what good is that? We said it earlier, right? You ever feel that way? Uh, This is what I have, but what good is that when I compare it to the size of the need that's in front of me? Well, element number three is this, and it's very simple. Element number three is elementary. It's another one of those dad jokes for you, Orlando. Use what you have. Use what you have. I'm telling you right now that there is a clog in the spirit of the church there is a clog that is preventing the outflow of God's spirit and his blessing in the church because we're not using what we have we're not being faithful with what we have and so why would God give us more when we haven't been faithful with the little but the Bible says if you're faithful with the little you have you'll be entrusted with more use what you have This answers that excuse of, but I don't have very much to give. Or I might not have enough. If I give, I might not have enough at the end of the month. It reminds me of what Peter said. He said, silver and gold I do not have. I don't think Peter was lying to that crippled person like we do sometimes. Oh, you know what? I don't carry cash. I'm sorry, right? But he he says, I literally don't have any money on me, but I do have something. I have something even better to offer you. So I'm gonna give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. Andrew, in this story, was operating out of a mentality of lack. What good is this? I look at this crowd and I think, what good is five loaves of bread and a couple of fish? His desire was absolutely to help, or I don't think he would have mentioned the boy in the first place. I almost think that, like, Andrew approached Jesus like we do sometimes. Like, it's probably a silly prayer to pray, but, I mean, I know I've seen you do pretty big things before, so I got this two fish and these five loaves, but, I mean, what's that going to do? So he had some level of expectation. He wanted to do what, what Jesus was telling him to do, Um, Or he wouldn't have even mentioned the loaves and fish, but he couldn't see the good in it. But listen, church, when you use what you have, you have the third element of multiplication. And so under use what you have, right? A willing heart. A willing heart. Sometimes you just have to be willing. God can do a whole lot with somebody who's willing. I want to go ahead and invite the worship team to come up now as we wrap this up so again we get to that verse verse 10 he says tell everyone to sit down i love that that actually didn't hit me until i read it to you guys tell everyone to sit down you sit down at a table with an expectation that you're about to be fed you don't take that posture unless you expect to receive something from God. And I'm here to tell you today that God has something for you. So take a posture of receiving and trust that he's not going to let his children go hungry. Trust that he's going to provide what you need, that if you came to the table today, it's to be fed, and he plans on feeding you. Jesus gave them something to do, He gave them the responsibility to distribute the people and to to have them sit down and distribute the food. They were not going to witness the miracle unless they were willing to be a part of one. Think about that. Could God have just made food fall out of heaven into everyone's laps? Absolutely. But he says, you feed them. Take the bread, break it apart and begin to distribute it. Have them sit down in groups. Take the fish, break it apart and distribute it. Because if they were going to experience God's multiplication, they were going to be active participants. And this is the example that is given to us throughout Scripture. That God does not bless passivity. God does not bless selfishness. God doesn't bless fear. But he blesses faith. He blesses obedience. He blesses generosity. And because they did what was commanded, he fed 5,000 men alone. We don't even know the size of this crowd because it only talks about the men. But this was a great multitude. This need was great. And listen to this, the resources were small. Church, I need to remind you of this, and I said it a couple of years ago, but Fountain of Life is in a very unique position for a fish and loaves move of God we don't have to wait until we reach 150 until we reach 250 till we reach 500 till we reach a thousand people to make a huge impact and to see a mighty move of God a fish and love's miracle keeps the focus on God and not the church that's what's amazing about it if it was just like wow the disciples came up with this great plan to go collect all this food and they went door to door and they asked for donations and and then um, the next day they came and they fed the multitudes no 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 the resources were small and so only God was glorified and we are uniquely positioned in such a way where this small church tucked away in this little neighborhood can be used by God in such a mighty and powerful way that as it says in the final verse here the people exclaim the living God is moving a fountain of life church the living God is is moving in the hearts of his people we may not have the resources that other people do but we have some fish we have some loaves we're here to be a fountain of life to multiply to be more than enough not someday down the road but today and what I want to challenge you with is this I recognize that times are tough and I'm not insensitive to that I feel it like you guys feel it But God doesn't put generosity on hold because our circumstances change. Just like he didn't make those people wait and go hungry because his disciples didn't have any money. Because in verse 11, it says, after everyone was full. Let me tell you this. Jesus is not in the business of making you full. He's in the business of making you overflow. Where do I get that from? Because if you read on, He says, collect the leftovers. See, getting full is an addition mentality, but overflowing comes from a multiplication mentality. It's not about getting fat and comfortable so that we don't have any needs anymore. And we can settle into the american dream and retire and just travel the country but it's overflowing so that we can be a part of god's multiplication process element number four is this waste nothing waste nothing this answers the fear of not having enough what i love about this is jesus had a purpose for every single crumb he wouldn't have collected the leftovers just to show, look at how much extra there is. But he says, collect them so that nothing is wasted. So what I believe is God did something with those leftover fish. God did something with those loaves. And I don't think he just stored it away just in case later on there was another hungry crowd. But I think he used it. I think he used it to be a blessing. Now listen, there's no doctrine in scripture that condemns saving or being responsible or storing up stuff for a rainy day I don't want to bring any guilt upon anyone for being wise with their finances but I do want you to understand this principle that there is no not a single portion not a single crumb of your time talent or treasure that God is not designed to somehow be a part of a blessing for someone else if all of your blessings are kept for yourself just in case you need them you're putting a cap on what God has intended to overflow you're taking what God has entrusted you with and like the wicked servant in the parable you're burying it in the ground but when you waste nothing you've got the fourth element of a multiplication mentality write this underneath number four selflessness selflessness to have a mentality of selflessness is to live the life squared type of life. Finally, we learned that he collected 12 baskets from what was left over. He multiplied what was already there, church. He multiplied what was already there. Maybe it's important for us to take a moment to recognize what's already here in our church, what's, what's already in your home what's already within you, because Jesus can take a little and increase it exponentially. So if you're here today and you're experiencing, if you are experiencing lack, I dare you to trust in Jesus, to multiply the little that you have. Finally, it says, when the people saw, they exclaimed, this is the prophet we've been looking for. God moved in the supernatural and he multiplied it opened their eyes to see what was already in front of them see they had no idea that a boy's lunch was actually a great feast no one would have ever guessed that they they had no idea that this rabbi was actually the bread of heaven which I believe is the overall thing he was trying to communicate what we have here at the fountain is not a small church what we have here at fountain of life is a city on a hill that cannot be hidden the light of the world and I'm telling you today that if you'll trust in Him enough to stop clinging to what you have out of fear and you start trusting Him through generosity He will supply all of your needs He will make our blessing increase in our lives and the lives of others exponentially I'd like to ask you to bow your heads in prayer with me before we go any further I just want to give an invitation if you're here and you're in the room today and maybe you can relate to experiencing lack but for you you know the lack goes beyond your finances the lack is in your soul and there's a feeling inside that you're not enough and that you're missing something and today by the invitation of the Holy Spirit you're realizing that what you're missing is Jesus in your life and that emptiness and that hole that's inside God is speaking to you right now and he's saying I'm the only thing that can fill that up that you carry the weight and guilt of the things you've done wrong the ways that you've hurt people the selfish way that you've lived your life and you're saying right now you're realizing only God can forgive you of those things only God can make you right and you want to trust in Jesus today for the forgiveness of your sins, for your salvation. And you want to step into a relationship with Him so that He can fill the void that only He can fill in your heart. If that's you this morning and you want to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, would you just quickly lift up your hand because we're going to pray a prayer together today to invite, them, invite Him in your heart. Anybody in the room, just lift up your hand real quick. amen praise God I want to invite all of us to pray this prayer together for anyone that wants to receive Christ as their Savior today that includes you watching online today this invitation is for you too and so if you want to receive Christ in your heart this morning then I want you to repeat this prayer after me I'm going to ask everybody in the room to repeat this prayer too so we're not saying it alone okay say dear heavenly father I thank you that you love me in spite of my sin In spite of my faults you know everything about me and yet you love me so much that you sent your son Jesus into this world to die for me and to pay the price and the penalty for my sin so I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin and I repent and turn away from my old way of living and i invite you in your spirit to live in my heart and i choose to live my life for you from this day forward in jesus name amen i just believe this morning that someone prayed that prayer can we just give god some praise So in just a moment we're gonna close this morning's gathering uh, participating in something that reminds us of the ultimate act of generosity and that's communion jesus shed his blood on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and so what i'd like to do is i'd like to invite you to stand and we have tables on both sides of the room that have the elements you're going to find two cups stacked on top of one another. The bottom one has a cracker in it. You can separate those two. We're going to partake of it together. But if you're in the room today and you're a follower of Jesus, we invite you to partake in this with us. But go ahead and get those. Return to your seats. Go ahead and set them on your table. And the team's going to lead us in this song as we reflect on what Christ has done for us.
0: God his son not sparing sent him to die I scarce can
1: take it in. Go ahead and remain standing. So it's just, God's generosity is, is, is multi-layered. It's crazy. Him coming to this earth is an act of generosity. Right? He, he stepped outside of his kingdom. He left the right hand of the Father and didn't just descend but came in human form putting on flesh which opened him up to suffering and pain and temptation the way that we feel it and experience it so he put himself in a position to uh, I mean as God I'm sure he could already relate to us because he created us and he understands us but to have that empathy that comes from firsthand experience, right? And he says that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. He washed his disciples' feet moments before he would be arrested, tried, and murdered innocently. So even in that time, this message that he wanted to get across was do likewise serve one another rather than holding on to his life he gave it freely and the bible says that the shedding of his blood provides us the forgiveness of the sins that we've committed we can't provide that for ourselves and so on the night he was betrayed and arrested they sat down to eat And he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this bread is my body that is broken for you. They passed it around. They ate it together. So let's go ahead and bless the bread this morning before we pray. Father, we thank you so much for this little cracker that we have chosen to represent. Your body that was beaten, bruised, and broken for us, God. We're reminded that as our bodies begin to fall apart and we suffer sicknesses and degenerative diseases and things like that that god you took that suffering upon yourself so that we could be healed and i do god this morning pray for those of us that are struggling in their health and i speak healing and wholeness over them in jesus name we bind the spirit of infirmity of disease and death in jesus name and we cast you out and we We speak healing and wholeness over every person, every illness, every disease. Cancer, be cursed, be gone, be driven out of bodies in Jesus' name. Arthritis, leave in Jesus' name. Digestive disorders, we cast you out in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the healing you paid for on the cross in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go ahead and take the cracker together. The Bible says he also took a cup of wine and said, this wine is my blood that's shed for the forgiveness of your sins. They pass it around and they all drank from the cup. And Father, right now, we thank you for the blood that was shed on the cross. Lord, we, we do this not because we're morbid or have violent ways of thinking, but because this blood represents love that has no limits that's the kind of love that can transform even the hardest of hearts so father as we drink this let us remember your generosity so that we'll serve you out of a place of generosity out of a place of gratitude for what's been done to us freely you've been given so freely give we thank you father in jesus name amen let's take it together amen let's give God one more clap and shout of praise and you guys can go ahead and be seated and now Manny is going to come and take us into a time of offering and announcements would
0: you welcome him as he comes good morning God bless you hope God has done something amazing in your life this morning this word was for somebody special here today amen amen before we go in transition to the generosity that we learned today from our God, you know, multiplying bread and multiplying in fish. So we're gonna have a video for us to check and enjoy Speaking it for a second. Fountain of Life Church partnered with Scholars Academy to create a fun event for the community. Thank you so much for bringing in all the candy. The candy makes the event so special and we had just enough. Thank you to all those that took time to decorate and man This adds so much to the event And they looked amazing There was face
1: painting, popcorn games Jump houses and so much more Thank you Fountain of Life for
0: giving of your time We appreciate you And are thankful to everyone who brought their yes To make a difference Have fun and shine Jesus Thank you so much For us to maintain information And learn more about events We have an app And then we have a a little metal thing there what is it called QR code right and what is that for for you to scan it with your phone and be involved in all the events that our, our church is helping with the community amen and talking about events and when we learn more about the events we have this week what we have this week so special for us prayer night so if you haven't signed up for a slot for a time please do so this days and pray we need to pray more than we have ever prayed okay and then guess what there's a slot that's going to be for here at church from seven o'clock wednesday seven o'clock everybody here should be here wednesday we need prayer what's happening around the world we need to be here not only wednesday almost every day so we prepare ask God to help you so you could be prepared to pray amen then we have another opportunity registration for Christmas choir opportunities and how you learn that on the events we go back to the events on the app so if you then, then if you scan that you see that green sign that was there what did it say what did it say? It say what? The hayride, right? That's how we get involved on the event. So I urge of you to keep contact and connected by scanning that. Now we're going to go through our, our most, you know, special moment. Now it's time for us to put practice of what we heard this morning, generosity. So let's stand up. We have three ways to, to give our, our offering. And you will see it right now. There's three ways one is there's the buckets in the back don't forget they're in the middle and if you forget it or, or, or for some reason you forget to give there's a box right over there in that wall over there that you can put in It's locked and they'll open that during the week if you were really late to give your offering <laughs> then we have the other way with the melon. so for those that are in in the app in a computer looking at the YouTube or or, or Facebook you could gave that way and then mail in. So there's many ways. We have the opportunity. We can't say, well, we don't have this opportunity. We did. There's always opportunity to give. There's no excuse. And it's so easy to do it in the app. Have you guys done it on the app? How easy it is? Just tick tick tick, tick click, and that's it. You know, really easy. We we make it so easy, right? But why? But you know what? The reason it's easy because we want our breads and our fish to multiply in our, in our life. Is by giving what God did, deserve from us. Amen. He doesn't need our money. He needs your faith and your willing to help the community. Let's pray. You are an abundant God, and out of your great mercy, you have given us so much. We give you this offering today with worshiping you and you give our whole self to us please now take it and use our offering to multiply your kingdom in Jesus name amen Amen. have a nice weekend enjoy it and enjoy the song right now